This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Well, good morning, Celebration Church, all of our campuses, Appleton, Stevens Point, Green Bay. Can we all stand up together? At all of our locations, can we put our hands together and welcome our church family and all of our buildings here today? Good to have everybody here. <clears throat> welcome. Let's all join together and say this. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's say this. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's great to have everybody with us, our church family in Stevens Point, Appleton, those of you joining us online and Facebook. Good to have all of you with us here today. My name is Bob. If we haven't had the chance to meet, good to have everybody here. Uh, we're about to hear from Pastor Mark in a moment as we wrap up our vision series. But before we do that, today is Mission Sunday, and we've got something huge taking place, and that is a group of 29 of us are about to leave on a jet plane and fly over the North Pole, and we go all the way to Southeast Asia to Myanmar. 29 people from Celebration Church. We've got four from Stevens Point, two from Appleton, and a bunch from Green Bay. And if you're at your campus today, could you come and join me on stage? We're going to pray for us as we kick off Mission Sunday. Give them a hand as they come at all of their locations. Uh, as they're coming, they've got a few pictures. Uh, this is the orphanage we're going to. It's called Love Children Home. It's in Myanmar. It's one of the most remote countries in the world, one of the poorest countries in our world, and uh, we go there, and we love on orphans, and there's 250 orphans that'll be with us all week long. It's going to be an incredible trip. We have everything from construction to a medical clinic. We've got doctors, nurses, uh, we've got people who do construction. We're going to be doing things with kids. It's going to be a phenomenal trip. We're going to have a great time, and you, with your giving at Celebration Church through missions, is making a big difference. Uh, the mission statement at this orphanage is John 10.10, 10, that the kids would have life, that they would have an abundant life, that they would have a full life, and these kids encounter that. And it's going to be a great time. These lives are going to be transformed and more that weren't even able. Well, look at that. That's me pumping weights. This is like Flintstone-style weightlifting. These kids took stones and carved dumbbells out of them 
and that's bamboo. So that's, that's how you get ripped in Myanmar. So maybe you want to go on the next mission trip and lose some weight. Get ripped. Uh, it'll be great. But uh, Pastor Lathan's going to pray for our team. And at the end of the service, there'll be an opportunity for you to give to missions as well. Let me encourage you, do something. Because when all of us do something, we can do a lot together. And we're making a big difference in the world. So if you want to give to that, you can do cash, check, uh, on the envelope, just market missions. If you want to do text giving, just use the keyword missions. And you can also do it online. But Pastor Lathan, if you could come and pray over our team here today. This is for you guys in Point and Appleton as well. Celebration Church, would you go ahead and stand and reach out your hand towards the team here at Appleton, Stevens Point. Would you do the same right in the congregation there? Stand up, reach out your hand towards this team. Team, would you step a little closer so you're right more in the light? You would, we want to get you out of the darkness. Come into the light. There we go. All right, let's pray for this team. Father God, we thank you for these folk. We just pray over them right now in the name of Jesus. We ask God that you would bless them, that you would strengthen them, that you would anoint them. We pray protection over them as they travel, as they leave on Thursday and the entire time that they're in Myanmar, God, that you would guide them and that you would direct them. Holy Spirit, would you anoint them to be a blessing, that their lives would shine brightly, that the light of the Lord would arise and shine in their hearts and their lives, and that light would be reflected into Myanmar, into the hearts of the children there, all the people that they will come in contact with, God. We speak life over them. We speak life to this team. And Father God, we thank you for what you're about to do in the name of Jesus. We thank you that people will come to know you in Myanmar, that people will come to experience freedom that people will come to experience a greater walk of faith in, in, in who you are and what you're doing. So, Father, we thank you for that, that they would be, that would be imparted through them in this way, Lord God. And we give you praise for that, Lord. We bless you. We, we're excited about what you're doing. And, God, we just declare that right now. We know that you will change the hearts and lives of the team because they will go to give. But, God, your word promises us when we give, we'll receive. Press down, shaken together, running over. So we declare that over them again here this morning. We prayed in the precious name of Jesus, and we all said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right, we're about to hear from Pastor Mark. If you are new at any one of our campuses, I want to let you know we are a Nazi-free zone. Pastor Lathan this morning, he said, everyone, stretch out your hands and pray for the team. I'm like, uh-oh. If there's new people here, they might think we're Nazis. We are not. No Nazis at Celebration Church. Well, hey, let's all put our hands together and welcome Pastor Mark this morning. Good morning, Celebration Church. We are wrapping up our series about the vision of Celebration Church uh, that we've been talking about for the last month, a four-point vision statement. Number one, we want people to come to know God, not just know about Him, but to actually know Him. Number two, we want people to experience freedom, real freedom from their Christian faith. A lot of people are, in fact, Christians, but they're still all bound up, and they haven't really learned how to walk in freedom, and we want them to get them there. Uh, Number three, we want them to discover purpose, their purpose in life, and we spent quite a bit of time on that, about how to discover your purpose, what to do so you can serve with your talents, your abilities, your motivations. And then we're ending today with number four, which is to make a difference. Now, today's uh, scripture verse that we're going to be using to launch off is found in the book of Acts, uh, which is the early history, the, early, the history of the early church. Acts, the uh, 17th chapter, verse 6. And uh, the context here is that the apostles have been preaching the gospel. <laughs> and people were getting all upset. The whole town was in an uproar. They were trying to find the apostles. They couldn't find them, so they just grabbed whatever Christians they could. It says here, when they found them not, they, threw, they drew Jason, one of the Christians, and certain brothers 
unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. Great verse of Scripture. Those that have turned the world upside down, here they come. One thing about early Christianity, it wasn't done in a corner, in a closet. Everybody knew about it. It was spreading like wildfire. No one had ever heard such glorious news about how they could experience God, and not just intellectually, but that the power of God was so present. I mean, people were answers to prayer, miracles. I mean, it was an, an, an empowering time, an incredible time, and Christianity spreading like crazy. These people thought they were spreading out of control, and all these people we've heard about that have been turning the world upside, now they're here. Why were they turning the world upside down? Because they were, in fact, making a difference, which is our point today. But the real question is, once you know God, you have your freedom, and you know your purpose, your skills, your abilities, how do you make a difference? Well, one word, go. We read in the Gospel of Mark, the 16th chapter, verse 15, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is ready to go into heaven. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I want you to think about that. After all the prophecies, after all the miracles, after all the teachings, after his incredible passion and suffering and sacrifice on the cross and his amazing resurrection, it all led to one command. One, all this stuff that we've been talking about and we read and experience all the problems, everything boils down to one final command. Go! Get going. Now, we read in uh, Acts, the first chapter. So Mark finishes off talking about this is what happened when, just before Jesus left. Uh, Luke, when he, is the one who wrote the book of Acts, picks up at the same place. It says, when they had gathered around him, uh, he'd already been raised from the dead and stuff like that, and he's talking to them. And they gathered around and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? This was really their number one question. Uh, they were kind of obsessed by this, actually, the whole time in Jesus' ministry. The reason being is that they were a, an occupied nation. They'd been occupied for thousands of years, I believe, at this point, uh, where they had no king. They, didn't have their, they were under the foot of Rome. Uh, all this was because of their disobedience as a nation. But anyway, so they're all thinking Jesus is going to come, and the main thing the Messiah is going to do is get the Romans off our necks and reestablish the kingdom. Uh, so they, they basically want to know, when is this all going to wrap up? Is this it now? Is this where we fix everything? And he says to them, Jesus says to them, it's, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Interesting phrase, considering so many people today are desperately trying to figure out when everything's going to happen. I got news for you. You're not going to know when it's going to happen. Jesus said, you're not going to know. Anyway, he says, so he changes the subject. And he says, listen, guys, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit hadn't been loosed yet. Uh, up until this time, the only time the Spirit of God came was like on one individual, unique situations. Obviously, the Spirit was huge on Jesus. But then something miraculous is going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to fall on anybody and everybody who believe and will reach out for this. So he says, when you receive, you're going to receive power when this happens to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, I'm going to empower you to go. All right? Now, 
There's a problem with going. Usually we're filled with fear before we go. Am I ready to go? What am I going to say when I'm going? How do I process? You know, and, and that's one of the things that holds people back. Uh, Jesus, in Matthew, the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verse 19, talked about times when the disciples would be under great pressure, in this case, being arrested. He said, look, you guys are going to have a hard time. They're going to arrest you and give you all kinds of hassle. He says, but when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. Really? Because one of the reasons we don't want to go is because we worry about what we're going to say and how to say it. He says, don't do that. Don't worry about it. At that time, it will be given you what to say. When you start to go, things will start to happen. And God will be there to empower you to give you the right words to say. Now, what we need to do is to take the confidence that we have from knowing Christ, shine the freedom that we experience so others can see it, embrace whatever gifts and talents we have, and now we have to go. Go do whatever, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. The Bible says go, just whatever, just go. Get going, go do something, and make a difference in the lives of others. I used the analogy last week, I think, in just one of the services about uh, boats. I have a boat uh, and pointed out that the rudder in a boat does nothing unless the boat's going. Once it's going, then things can kick in and, can, and direction can happen. Oftentimes, people want to know, I want to know the direction before I go, and I want all the answers before I go, and I want to know what I'm going to say before I go. And consequently, a lot of people don't go. They don't do anything because they're... Uh, desires, and, and, and not because they're evil, to be honest with you. A lot of people, they're, they're just very driven by, they want to be competent in what they do. One of the things about people that have a high sense of competency is they don't like doing things they know, don't know that they can't do it. They got to know they can do it before they'll do it. Well, fine, that's fine in everyday life, but when it comes to serving Christ, that's a luxury you competent people are not afforded. Uh, you don't get to have all the answers before you go. You have to step out in faith and go and realize he will be there. He will empower you to know the right things to do. Go do whatever and start making the difference in the lives of people. Uh, in the words of Nike, just do it. Why does it, you know, it's really interesting that Nike uses that phrase because they're appealing to athletes and stuff and, and successful people. Successful people just do. They just go and do. They don't have to have all the answers and everything figured out before they do. It's just the way it works. Uh, and so well, what can I do? What kind of things can I do? All kinds of things. Look for opportunities, as we talked about last week. What opportunities do you have? You know, maybe it's real simple. You're just going to go help somebody move. You're going to go help move furniture for them. You're making a difference in somebody else's life. Uh, maybe it's paying somebody else's bill. You find out someone's got, oh, they're all stressed out because they got a $250 bill. They don't know what they're going to do. And maybe you're in a position in life where that's nothing for you. And you go, you know, Tell you what, give me the bill. I'll pay it for you. Just be nice. You don't think that makes a difference in these people's lives? Now, obviously, if they keep bringing you all their bills every week, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> and they don't know how to run their lives. But then you can make a difference. Hey, listen, instead of me just giving you money, let me show you how to run your life. Let me show you how to handle finances. It's an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. Maybe it's just a kind word to some people. Some people, their days are just off. Have you ever had a really awful day? We all have, right? Maybe you're having one today. Sometimes just someone saying something nice to you can, be, can make a real difference. Well, if you're going along, maybe just saying something nice to somebody. 
could make a real difference in their lives. You don't know that. You don't know. I mean, seriously, there could be someone who literally is thinking about ending their own life. And you just being nice to them and saying nice, something nice to them would absolutely stop that in their lives. It would push that back away from them because they realize that maybe, wow, somebody does care. You know, saying something nice to them, whatever it might be, maybe it's the way their clothes or, you know, their hair or whatever, or just, you know. Listen, you are the, for some people, you'll be the only Jesus they'll ever see. Let me say that again. For a lot of people, you will be the only version of Jesus they will ever see. That's why we need to be alert. Man, I need to be more Christ-like because this might be some people's only opportunity to see and experience the kindness of Christ. Don't mean I have to open up the Bible and quote verses to them. So I'm just being nice to people. Hard to do. I get it. I struggle with this in my own life. But I got to remind myself, man, I could be the only version of Jesus this person will ever see. So how serious we need to take that. Uh, you know, maybe it's putting an extra 50 bucks in the offering today uh, for missions. You normally give X amount of dollars, but now you're going to throw an extra 50 and just market for missions. Uh, and now you're, you're feeding some kid on the other side of the world at an orphanage that we, we're supporting. You're making a difference in that person's life. They don't know you. You don't know them. But I guarantee you, from that kid's perspective, you have made a huge difference. Not Needless to say, $50 is quite a difference to someone like that at that part of the world. There's all kinds of ways you can make a difference. You start making a difference by doing things. You just got to go. It blesses other people when you do this. It honors God when you reach out in kindness to others. And it, well, may be the most personally rewarding thing you'll ever do. When you start really making a difference in people's lives and people start saying to you what a difference you've made in their lives, Man, it will light you up. It feels amazing. You know, I'm in the fortunate position that I speak to so many thousands of people every week. Uh, but even in a case like mine, at times, you know, it's easy to get discouraged. A lot of pastors get discouraged. A lot of guys my age, they're getting out of the ministry. Most of them at my age get out of the ministry. Why? They've had it. They're exhausted. They're tired. They haven't been encouraged. And they went out. Burnout is a problem among pastors. Not old, just older ones, but younger ones. I am greatly blessed because I am surrounded by some of the most wonderful people on earth, which is you people. It's one of the things I love about Wisconsin. I hate the weather. It bites. It's dreadful. I think it's awful. But the people, the people are fabulous. Some of the kindest, most encouraging people. I have people coming in all the time Saying, Pastor, when you said such and such, it made a big difference to me. Someone sent me an email. You know, when, when you thought, when you said whatever, it, it made such a difference for me. Just the opportunity to speak into people's lives. Uh, because there's days, usually it happens when I've done a really horrible sermon. <laughs> there's, there's times when I got done preaching, I think, that was awful. That was so awful. God must hate me right now because that was awful. I did just a terrible job. And I, it's so bad, I don't want to talk to anybody. I literally don't want to talk to anybody because I feel so bad about it. And it's usually right after I have preached what I am convinced are the worst sermons anyone has ever delivered. That I hear more conference, conference, comments from people than ever before. It's strange. The people who are close to me will attest to it. The times I'm feeling the worst, all of a sudden people come up and say, man, that was amazing. Amazing. Were you listening to the same sermon? <laughs> I thought it was horrible. Uh, that, you know, or maybe I'll hear weeks later when you talked about such and such, man, that 
put my life on the right path. It's so encouraging. I mean, it feels great. You know, I do a lot of stuff <clears throat> working with couples all over the world. Now, one of my favorite, most meaningful words of encouragement is when a couple comes to me. They were on the verge of divorce. They say, we were going to get a divorce. We went to your conference. It saved our marriage. And now we have this little baby. And it's one of the most emotional things for me. Let I me mean, stop and think about it. There are human beings in existence today that would not exist had I not done what I did. That's a mind blower. I'm telling you, that is a rush. And that, I, we call them laugh your way babies. <laughs> Apparently when some of these couples aren't getting along, things happen. And ta-da, guess who's coming along? It's an amazing feeling. I wish there was a way for me to do a trace to all our people and find out how many laugh your way babies there are out there. Anyway, it's extremely rewarding when you help somebody, even in the kindest, smallest of ways, how rewarding that is when you know it made a difference in their lives. And here's the neat thing about it. Usually, because I'm saying you don't have to say, oh, I'm a Christian, I'll do this for you. Just being nice oftentimes will get people to connect with you. Because you're being nice. Nobody else is being nice. You're being nice and they want to come and why are you being so nice? And then that's when you have the opportunity. You can start sharing about who you are and what your faith and you know, I'm a Christian. I believe that you know, we should do such and such. You know, maybe you'd like to come to church with me sometime. That's how we start changing people's lives for eternity. Not just for today with moving their furniture, but we can actually change our lives for eternity by just being kind, connecting. All this happens when you just start doing things. Now, I read this uh, thing this last week. I was online and uh, reading this uh, thing about being successful people, business people. And there's this little article by Daria Yegarina. I have no idea who he is, where he lives or anything. But, and I've edited some of this, but it basically says, he wrote a thing about ways to become a person of action. And it caught my attention because I was getting ready to talk about go. We need to go. Ways to become a person of action. And he hit some great concepts here. Number one, stop waiting for ideal conditions. If you wait until conditions become ideal, you'll probably never start anything. Almost always, there will be something that will stop you. In this world, there is no perfect time to start anything. You have to act. You have to solve problems. You have to get moving. Now, this is a real challenge for people who are, by nature, perfectionists. One of the things about perfectionists, and you guys know who you are, uh, they often tend to be some of the greatest procrastinators in life. Uh, they either start things and never finish them, or never start things in the first place because they're waiting for everything to be perfect and then they wind up being highly unproductive. Don't wait for everything to be ideal. Things are rarely ever ideal. I talk to couples about all this time, dating year after year after year. What if you get married? Well, just waiting for everything to be ideal. You know, we need enough money. We need all, all this nonsense. They start acting sexually immoral with each other. I mean, who are we kidding here? Stop. Just do the right thing. You don't wait for everything to be ideal. Here's a reality check. There's very few days that are ideal. <laughs> life is hard. Learn to do life together. So number one, stop waiting for ideal conditions. Number two, oh, by the way, on this thing of opportunities, looking for opportunities to do good things, here's something to pray about. Why don't you pray for opportunities? If you're the kind of person who likes to talk to others about your faith, Pray, say, Lord, 
give me the opportunity today to talk to somebody about Jesus and see what happens. If you're the kind of person that looks, likes to help people, say a prayer. I mean, pray to God. Say, God, give me the opportunity to find someone that'll come along my path that I can help. You'll be shocked. All of a sudden, somebody will come along and say, man, I really need some help, you know, doing this, that in my backyard. And I don't think I have the time to do it. That's an answer to prayer. Maybe you got an extra hundred bucks in your pocket. And you say, man, Lord, bring me the opportunity that I can help somebody who's maybe struggling financially. You'll be shocked. And you know, someone comes along and says, man, I can release a hundred bucks. Up. Things are... I'm telling you, it's fun to do. The stuff you love to do, look for the opportunities. And not just look for the opportunities, ask God for the opportunities. All right? Anyway, so stop waiting for ideal conditions. Number two, learn to act, not just to think. I read that. I said, this is awesome. He writes, train yourself in performing and acting rather than just thinking over your next steps. Do it now. The longer an idea lives in the mind, the weaker it becomes. I was floored when I read that. The longer an idea lives in the mind, the weaker it becomes. It's so true. After two or three days, sometimes the details will begin to blur. A week later, you forgot the idea. By becoming a person of action, you'll be able to do more and to stimulate the emergence of fresh ideas. He says, ideas are important, but they only become something substantial when they are implemented. Now, you have to do it. Learn to act. One implemented idea is worth a dozen of the smartest ideas whose owners are waiting for the best time to start. If you have an idea, you got something you want to do, you believe in it, get going. Get going. Get her done. Move it along. So many people are wasting their lives, literally. I don't think people realize how, limited, how much limited time we have on this earth. If you're always afraid of something, you'll never do anything. So many things that I've done in my life, I was terrified to do, like learning to fly airplanes. I was mortified. I mean, there were days when I was first learning, I would sit in the parking lot of the airport. My heart was beating out of my chest. I was terrified. Vast majority of people would turn around and drive away. And I wouldn't do it. I refused. I'm not going to let fear stop me. And I went and did it. Here's the thing. As you start, you gain confidence, and it becomes easier to keep going. Learn to silence your fears by taking action. You got fears? Tell them to shut up. How do you tell them to shut up? Just start acting. Move. Get going. Number four, start your creativity mechanism. One of the worst misinterpretations of the creative process is that you start working only after you have inspiration. But if you want, wait until inspiration falls on your head. You will act fairly infrequently and with long intervals. Instead of waiting for inspiration, start working and creativity will come along. You need to write something? Get a pen, start writing. You want to draw something? Get a pen. Start drawing. You want to learn some music? Get some music and start playing. And this happens all the time. My most creative, brilliant ideas have come when I had to do it, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> That's why I'm one of these guys who gets motivated by, by timelines. When I had my own music production company, walking in, and I had to write a song for a radio commercial. I had no idea. I was blank. But as soon as I started, boom. This happens to me all the time when I preach. You have no idea. Almost every time I preach, I tell you this is true. And a lot of preachers tell us that every time when I finish my sermon, I think, that's it. That's a wrap. 
I've said everything I know to say. I got nothing else. I got nothing. You come and ask me the next day, right after that. So, Pastor, what, do you, what details are you going to talk about next Sunday? I'm going to look at you and I go, I have no idea. I don't know. I think there's nothing there. Every week I feel like I have nothing left. And then I sit down and I start working on the message. And all of a sudden, because of the empowering of the Holy Spirit, but this is true even without the Holy Spirit. Even successful people know this. How much better with the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, the eyes, they just start flowing. Get going. Get her done. Number five, live in your present. Focus on what you can do now. Don't worry about what you should have done last week or what you're going to do tomorrow. The only time you can affect is right now. Remember Colossians, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Whatever you do. And in Ephesians 5.16, he says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity. Take advantage of the time. Live in the present. Most people, most people said most of their time focusing on what they did, their past, or what they hope to do in the future. Some sit and ponder for hours. Some people like, like doing it. It just creeps me out. They just like reliving the past. I... Not to be cold-hearted by people who like to do that, but I, it just seems like such a waste to me. Why? There's nothing you can do about it. So they're not dreaming about the future. Okay, I like dreams, but do something. So instead of actually doing anything, they spend the bulk of their time reminiscing and planning, and as a result, they accomplish very little in their lives. It's a waste. Live in the present. And then finally, it's a big one, beware distraction. Distraction is your enemy. And some of us are we're self-distractors. I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna I need to do this right now, but but I, I better go get the mail first. Uh, and, and I'm gonna do this job, but I, I, I should check out my Facebook page. And uh, you know, I really should check the news to see, you know, if everybody's still crazy out in the news. Um, oh, I think I'll open my emails on. And we get distracted. We actually allow distraction to keep us from what we're supposed to do. Distraction is your enemy. Beware distraction. It will keep you from going and accomplishing. So you want to make a difference? Go. Just go. Figure it out. It'll be fine. God will be there. He'll give you the words. He'll open the doors. You've, you've, you know God. You have your freedom. You have gifts. Now just get your butt moving and do something. Get involved in, our, in this program, our growth track. We, we repeat it every month. If you haven't done it yet, sign up for one month. Go and go. Check it out. Learn these things and learn how you can get plugged in. Help us discover your, we'll help you discover your giftings. Join our dream team. That's what we call our volunteers at Celebration Church, the dream team. You know what these people are? The dream they're, they're goers. They're people who just go. They've given, given the opportunity and they go. And it's great fun. I'm telling you, you will love it. There is a rush when you start to realize, you know, I'm making a difference. I matter. Your self-esteem builds. Some of y'all have terrible self-esteem. And the devil comes along, whispers some bad in your ear, you fall apart like a deck of cards. Why? Because you're not making a difference. Get out to do something. Help people. Your esteem will start to build. Your confidence will build. You start to realize that I matter. If you feel like you don't matter, life really bites. You do matter. So I don't feel like, well, get going. Look for opportunities to bless and help people. Just go. And I promise you, you are really going to love the way it makes you feel when you start making a difference in the lives of others.